The Third Men Podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun celebration of Jack White and is in no way directly affiliated with Third Man Records or the man himself. For the definitive history of Jack White and his music, please consult your local Jack White. And for everyone else looking for a home, you found one here, in a place so seedy. Enjoy! the third men podcast this week i am your co-host paul kaminsky i'm your co-host james kaminsky and thank you everybody for returning this week we'll be doing a new feature on the podcast called new jack city where we talk about a new jack white release which we're not able to do all the time so this is going to be awesome right it's usually a once a year kind of event yeah so we'll be talking about jack white acoustic recordings 1998 to 2016 that is the latest release from jack white and third man records that's right. Third Man Records recording artist, Jack White. <laughs> so I'm a third man recording artist. Now, am I shake? <laughs> swank. He says swank. Swank. Oh, not shake from Hard yeah. Day's Night? Shake. <laughs> this uh, album was released on September 9th, 2016 on a two vinyl set as well as on CD. The vinyl number for all you vinyl heads out there is 387. Oh, love those vinyl heads. So we're going to be talking about a couple of the songs on the album we really like, some of the choices we thought he made that we enjoy. We'll also be going into our wish lists for what we might have wanted to hear, and also some songs we were surprised weren't included on the album. Also some songs I was surprised were recorded on the album. <laughs> this is not an analysis and review like we did The White Stripes and White Blood Cells. This is more of a reaction to the record, and yeah, we'll be going track by track, but on a little less intense basis. This is more of analyzing the release and the choices that were made we're experiencing this with you <laughs> so james you i only got the vinyl you got the cd as well right yeah i'm a bit of a freak so i needed both i also <laughs> kept my sticker i kept my sticker too i stuck it to the back of my third man packing slip oh you peeled yours off i should have done that i john peeled it off woof <laughs> check check one We'll talk a little bit about the packaging, by the way, for the vinyl release. Uh, it's beautiful. I really like the, what is this, what is this, matte finish? Yeah, it's, a, it's something he's been doing for a lot of the vault releases. Soft touch, I believe he calls it. Soft uh, touch. Material. Yeah, it's really nice. And the inside has an awesome spread of him, presumably either recently or from Lazaretto era, playing acoustic guitar on a couch. And yeah, so it's 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 a really nice package. The booklet that came with the vinyl is really cool. But the sticker that sealed the thing, you have to kind of decide for yourself how you want to get it open. And so I used a pair of scissors when I should have used an X-Acto blade like James did, and I kind of scuffed my interior. So Yeah, um, again, I'm a freak, so I used an X-Acto blade with gloves on. <laughs> <laughs> but Mine's got like... A- they gave a, a little instructional video on how to do it. So I know. Um, I missed uh, it. Paul, Paul just dropped the ball. He just took their instructions, threw it out Ikea style. He's like, I'm, I'm remixing this. Baby. Yeah, remix. Big remix. Andrew Mendelson did the remastering of the tracks and presumably with the help of Jack remixed the two songs, Apple Blossom and... I'm bound to pack it up. First of all, I love the record. I think the record's awesome. It's really, really cool. I'm always happy to get more Jack White. At least my first, though, quibble about it, which is I all of the mastering on these songs makes them sound very flat. It almost sounds uh, mono in its presentation, and 
uh, yeah, I did a an AB on some of them where I would put on the original release and then this one, and it sounded like they were mixing down the guitars and some of the instruments and sort of flattening everything out into a sort of a middle ground kind of area. Uh, it's possible that was just for the digital release. I'm not sure if you got that impression, James, on the CD. No, I didn't really feel that way, but I mean, you could be right. It's possible that I was I didn't do the the AB kind of deal, so it's possible that I just. I just didn't notice. It wasn't. It wasn't I, super telling to me. Yeah, it it bothered me in so much as he took out, or it seemed in the remastering, a lot of the reverb went away on the early songs. On our first episode, we discussed how, in retrospect, Jack hated all of the reverb that was used on the first album. And so it's funny to me that a lot of that reverb went away in this thing when he got the chance with this Mendelssohn fella to go back in there. It's also funny that they're, you know, remastered to begin with because the whole point of the White Stripes was keep it gritty and dirty and, as they would say in White Blood Cells, not sounding too good. Uh, To that point, I think they sound dirtier and grittier than when they actually came out. When you listen to some of these, I mean, there's one or two on here that are just absolutely flat sounding compared to the original release. Um, I'm looking at songs like uh, Hotel Yorba, very, very flat sounding, uh, Forever For Her, is over for me. You know, I'm not, it's not really a complaint so much as an, an odd choice that I'm kind of wondering why it was made. I guess maybe to make it sound a little more like it was done in one room or something, you know, because it's supposed to be an acoustic collection. But To go back to so, the oh, sticker yeah, thing real quick, uh, the only other time that was done with any of Jack's records was during the Icky Thump era. He did it for Icky Thump's record. He did it for all of his Icky Thump singles as well. He did the sticker that you had to cut through. Oh, wow. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So Andrew Mendelssohn, I should say, his discography is quite extensive. He is involved on technical stuff on on a lot of records. With Jack, it looks like he worked with him on the Great White Northern Lights DVD, which where I assume he handled sound and things like that on there. But he also worked with people like Willie Nelson, Chris Isaac, Reba McIntyre. Kenny Chesney. Thank God it wasn't Kenny G. But there's some interesting, weird bouncing around here. Emmylou Harris. So this fella remastered everything, and it definitely sounds consistent throughout, which I guess is important because these span all of his career, so you want some continuity in there. Yeah, definitely. So this album covers Jack's entire career, starting with the very first record and going until his latest studio release. I started off with about three hours of songs at first, and then sort of took out the cover songs, took out the live songs, and got whittled it down, whittled it down to something that made sense. You know, there are studio tracks that have been remastered, or there are songs that have been stripped down, songs that started as acoustic songs, and we turned them into a larger 16-track things, and so I wanted to peel them back and let people see how they first started. So it was a collection of all those different kinds of things, but it was all chronological as well. You know? So what I did was uh, went through and did the different counts of how many songs from each album were included on here, and I kind of lumped some of the singles together. So eh, it's a little fuzzy, but you kind of get the idea. It paints an interesting picture of how much acoustic was on these various albums, because there is one album, and James, I'm not sure if you have a guess on this. If you do, don't say, or say it. I don't care what you do with your life. That is disproportionately covered on this album, where some albums are flat-out ignored. Yeah. Well, I I can see which albums are flat-out ignored. (laughs) Yeah. I could just say right now, there is no dead weather on this album at all. Shocking. Like, for a guy who's putting out an entire career's worth of stuff and to not have an entire band that has the most albums out of his side... Well, I don't want to say side projects, but the most albums out of his non-White Stripes stuff is, you know, shockingly interesting. Yeah. From the White Stripes, we have one song. It's Sugar Never Tasted So Good. From Distille. Somebody, please write us in. Just tell me how to pronounce that. I heard on Candy Colored Blues, it's pronounced Distille after the... I want to say Swedish art movement called Distille. Oh, it's the Dutch. It's a Dutch, Dutch art movement. It's the Dutch. Sorry, Swedes. On Distille, we have three songs. So actually, that's pretty high for this album. Three seems to be on the lower side of the best representation that happens on the thing. White Blood Cells, two songs. Elephant, only two songs. Cold Mountain soundtrack, one song. Shocker. Get behind. Honestly. Yeah. Which, by the way, I am embarrassed. I know very little about the Cold Mountain soundtrack. So it's another episode. Th- Don't worry. 
<laughs> we will cover it. I will go out and buy it and stop being quite so ashamed. But that stop breaking down, Paul. I should really do that. There's so many songs he did on there. Anyway, Get Behind Me Satan is the runner up with four songs, including if you include City Lights, which I do because it's from that era. Broken Boy Soldiers zero songs completely ignored but can i say <laughs> broken boy soldiers even though i get it most of them are collaborations with brendan benson which is probably why dead weather doesn't have many is because most of them are alice and moss are in broken boy soldiers it's a very pop heavy electric heavy album that he probably never even recorded in acoustic form it's a good point. I will. We will get into my wish list as it pertains to those types of things when we get to that part of the podcast. But I have some ideas, Jack. Give me a call. Coca-Cola commercial, which I don't really categorize as any one album because it was sort of between Broken Boy Soldiers and Icky Thump in 2006. But that is one song. Icky Thump, if you, in, if you include Honey, We Can't Afford to Look This Cheap, two songs. Consolers of the Lonely, two songs. Whorehound, zero songs. Sea of Cowards, zero songs. Blunderbuss, six songs. By far the most disproportionately represented album on this whole thing. It's basically uh, half the album is on this one. Yeah, either either by virtue of that album just had more acoustic songs, which I kind of believe, but maybe, I think he's just most proud of that album it got the critical acclaim that i felt like was really more deserved for lazaretto anyway lazaretto had three songs so not underrepresented but still by far blunderbuss had the most followed shortly by get behind me satan and then de steel and lazaretto coming in with three right so we'll get into a track by track breakdown yeah first track is sugar never tasted so good this remaster has less reverb than the original i mean it's plain as can be when you hear it if you a b this thing you can hear it very very clearly sugar never tasted so good sugar never tasted so good sugar never tasted good to me It fits with his thoughts on how he wanted to present that album originally. The guitar is also up in the mix more on the original, which I find odd considering this is an album that is about acoustic <laughs> music. But his vocal and the guitar are very equalized on this thing. Yeah, definitely. I still love this song. I was happy it was on this album. I don't know if it's a good introduction to acoustic stuff for a beginner, but it's definitely a good introduction for a fan. So, Yeah, I agree. I think this is a great song and a great choice. Next up, we have Apple Blossom. The electric guitar solo is still on there? So that's a little weird for an acoustic collection. Yeah, he seems to do that with a lot of these songs, like full bands and stuff are still on occasional mixes. Some of them are just pulled straight from the album, so it doesn't surprise me. And in fact, it's it's one of the two remixed songs on here. So I'm sure he toned it down a bit. But. The original has a bunch of white noise and background atmosphere on it. Again, the guitar higher in the mix. The piano on the original has is almost like a specter wall of sound kind of thing. Lots of girls walk around in tears, but that's not for you. Uh, so so all of this flatness of this remix i think is to eliminate a lot of that production stuff and just make it very simple lots of girls walk around in tears but that's not for you you've been looking all around for years for someone to tell your troubles too I can appreciate it for what it's trying to do, although I think I prefer the original mixes and mastering of each song. Yeah, I can see that. 
From there we go to I'm Bound to Pack It Up, another great choice from De Steel, the second of the remix songs on the record. I'm happy you picked this one. I think it's a great song. It's a good choice, and I guess it's, I mean, one of the few acoustic numbers he did on those first two albums, so it always had a resonance with me on De Steel. De Style? I'm going to say De Style. It's just, I'm looking at Wikipedia and it... It says the style. We're having a real crisis over here. It's, it's a crisis of infinite proportions, but yeah. So I do really like this song. Funny on here, Paul Henry Ossi plays violin on this song, I'm Bound to Pack It Up, which he's also the violinist on Why Can't You Be Nicer to Me? Ah, I see. On Distail. 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 Mustafa, His violin is very, very memorable on those songs, so mm. that's really cool. Anyway. And I, I don't mind the mix. I think it's a good mix. You know, if, if you didn't tell me it was a remix, I'd probably just believe it was the same song without listening to the original, obviously. Well, it's funny. I, it's odd that he just kind of went with the regular versions, but mm. cut out certain tracks, like... um he cut out a lot of the electric guitar in places, but didn't in others. It seemed to me that for a package like this, what you would have done is probably found demos or something of him actually just playing them on acoustic guitar. At least that's what I was expecting. That was what I was hoping for, actually. I wanted to hear stuff that was not released rather than release stuff, but I knew what I was getting because they you know, explained it pretty early on, but... It reads like some kind of, like a greatest hits package almost for that reason, whereas it could have been more like one of those Springsteen packages, like The Promise, where they give you just endless bounty of demos and everything. I, I wished it was stuff we hadn't heard before, but I, I say that as a fan and not really as a somebody who's eyeing a commercial release. Well, I mean, I kind of wanted to get into that as I'm trying to figure out who the audience for this is. Is it for the fans or is it for new people? I think he swung for the fences. I think he swung for both. Because it's got stuff on here that fans would want, a.k.a. City Lights. But, you know, aside from that, it looks like he's trying to get people who have never heard his music before to be like, oh, this is Jack White, I guess. If it was this or a Greatest Hits package as we know them, I'm glad it was this. I'll put it to you that way. All right. So from there, we go to Hotel Yorba, one of two songs that represents blood cells on this album. I would have been shocked if this wasn't included. I think it was smart to put it on there. It's a greatest hit as well as a great acoustic song from that era. I would have rathered him put on the single version, honestly. Yeah. Something that's not studio album available would have been great. Right. And uh, same with We're Gonna Be Friends. It sounds pretty much like it does on the record, just because on the record, he's just playing with an acoustic guitar. Yeah, I think the next... You know, six or seven songs are like that, too. And he's been hitting the press circuit a bunch on this album to promote it, which is nice to see him out and about again, because we haven't seen him in quite a while do something like that. He played this song on Jules Holland, where he cried at the end of it, the same as he cried at the end of the stuff he played on the Fallon show. <laughs> on Jimmy Fallon, he played Love is the Truth, which is great, because I love that song, but he also played the next song here, You've Got Her in Your Pocket. I'm very happy it was included in the record. Yeah, it's a song I've always enjoyed. I've always, I've enjoyed all of these songs. I can't... Yeah, it's a great song, and he, he looked like he was really emotionally affected by it when he was playing that show, so... Yeah. Do we want to play a little bit of that? Yeah, let's do that. song is well it's true that we love one another i think this is a great choice as well because it spotlights a song that was one of the ones that was a hit on like college radio when elephant came out it's a weird song to me i never really registered this as a hit and i was always kind of confused by it because i didn't know who was singing when i first heard it now i right. know it's go lightly but to me it was a shocking song for him to put on this because i wasn't expecting it expecting uh, yeah. expecting <laughs> I did expect this, actually, I, it, just because it fit. Although, again, my expectation was it would have been a different version or something, or just him doing it or in some sort of demo fashion. But yeah, I'm glad it was on here. I'm glad it got a spotlight on here because it was one of my favorites from the original release. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure somebody approached him and said, can you do a different version? And he said, I would, but I really just don't know how. <laughs> 
what is I pisses. what is I I gave that horse a carrot so he'd break your foot even yes. mean. What no. the heck? I love it. I love it. I love it. What does it mean? I don't understand. Like it means he gave a horse a carrot so that he'd step on her foot because a horse is a very large animal. Yeah, but why did the horse do that? It got the carrot, and how would it have understood that command? Is he, is Jack a dressage expert in secret? I, Jack and William Shatner have a lot in common. <laughs> Never Far Away is the next song. This is from that Cold Mountain soundtrack, which, again, I am embarrassed I had not heard up until this point. It's a good soundtrack, and you should listen to it. Jack has four songs on it. They're all interesting because they came from that elephant era. And it's a great tune, too. The other musicians included on this song are Norman and Nancy Blake, who play mandolin and cello, respectively, on it. And for those of you who don't know, and I just found this out, too, they're folk artists from Chattanooga, Tennessee, husband and wife. And besides their own projects, they worked with people like Johnny Cash and Bob Dylan and Joan Baez, Robert Plant, Nelson Krauss. They also did work on the Oh Brother, Where Art Thou soundtrack. Yeah, you'll hear during some of the interviews during the time that Jack didn't know how to play mandolin when he was offered the gig, but he learned it from them by just listening to them play. He said that he really enjoyed learning it for himself, but he was asking himself, why am I playing this when there's these guys who are masters at it? I think it's the most McCarty sounding he ever gets. I mean, it sounds like Mother Nature's Son to me. It just... Another it sounded he likes which he played for uh, the president <laughs> and McCartney at the White House. But anyway, I, I really, really love this song. That was one of the f- few tracks on here that was new to me and surprising to me. And I found basically three songs on this thing. It could have been an EP of just those three songs, and I would have been happy i think of the new material the cd obviously is a two cd set so that one isn't broken up quite like this one but this ib opener is forever for her is over for me which is the first song we get from get behind me satan on this album Mm -hmm. another one of my favorites if it came down to it i think i would have replaced this one with lonely but i ain't that lonely yet just because i think that song has got a little more emotional oomph to it but i appreciate the fact that he included this one on there because it's a good song and it's it didn't get a lot of attention at the time yeah, I'd agree with your assessment. It's lonely, but I ain't that lonely yet. Is a better written song. Uh, the <laughs> next song is actually my favorite off of Get Behind Me, Satan, White Moon. White Moon. Breaks open the tune of a deserted cartoon that I wrote. Creature come, creature, creature, my own double feature as I'm warming the bleachers at home. Well, my nose keeps on bleeding, cause it's Rita I'm needing. I better call out a meeting of the boys. Of the boys. Touchingly displayed in Under Great White Northern Lights when he played it with Meg and she cries on his shoulder and is adorable. The documentary about their last tour as the White Stripes in Canada. And yeah, that documentary gave me the appreciation I have for the song. I think it's fantastic. And watching Meg break down and cry at the end of the thing is really, really touching for all those of you who haven't seen that DVD release. The next song, As Ugly As I Seem. Again, a a lot of great Satan representation on this one. Another good choice. I like the song. Yeah. I like it. So that brings us to the first new song on the album, as in one we had not heard yet. Really the only new song on this album that we absolutely hadn't heard, and that is City Lights. Thank you. 
first new White Stripes song that has been released in a decade, I believe. Yeah, I love the Google alerts I was getting that was saying, White Stripes dropped new song. I was like, no, they didn't. <laughs> I mean, they kind of did, but they kind of didn't. I mean, one stripe dropped a song. <laughs> yeah, just a stripe dropped an old song. But it, it's beautiful. It's great. I'm sad it wasn't included on Satan, but I'm happy we're getting it now. And I, the work that Jack and Dominic Davis did on it to redo it for today is really, really great. It's beautiful. Right. It sounds like it should. It sounds like a, a tune from Get Behind Me, Satan. It doesn't sound like a scrap pile. It's also came with a really cool video gift by Michael Gondry. So good. Which is, it's a really cool video of a person in a shower drawing little doodles and stuff. It's nice watch the video if you haven't yet it's fantastic the artwork being done on the shower door is great and it morphs into other things and it just shows the fleeting nature of the art it's beautiful it's really nicely done my only gripe with the song is that it's four minutes long jack usually knows when to end a song to keep you wanting more in this one it's the same it keeps the pace uh for the entirety of the four minutes and it can be a little repetitive at times but i really really liked it and i was really happy that he released an unreleased song i would say to that i love that it was long and it may just be because it was new i'm not i can't be completely impartial because of that i thought the length was great it fit the song you know paul we all thought the length was great Oh, Father's going to be so upset with us. (laughs) Father, he might be our third man this week. Uh, The next song is... I'm actually really happy about this one. Another one I was shocked was on this album, but delighted was Honey, We Can't Afford to Look This Cheap. Produced by Beck. Not only produced by Beck. You know what's funny is some of the only acoustic guitar heard on this song is played by Beck. <laughs> it's this, he plays the slide guitar on it. And it's great. It's one of the singles from Conquest uh, through the Icky Thump era. Yeah, it was on the 7-inch, right? Yeah. Jack White doesn't play guitar on this song at all. <laughs> this is a Jack White acoustic album, and he doesn't play guitar on it. And Meg is playing percussion. It was all recorded in Beck's living room, too. This and all the B-sides for Conquest. And they're all really good. I think it's my fault for being famous. That one is my favorite of the three. But this, it's my fault for being famous. And Conquista were the three. If you go to Jack White's website, on the timeline where he goes down the list of all these songs and kind of gives you some cool video and photographs from the era, there's an awesome picture of Jack, Meg, Beck, and another guy... It was one of the mariachi players for Conquista, actually. Regulo Aldama. Is it really? Yeah. God damn. Is it I'm going to say it's Regulo. I don't know. Hold Sounds on. like a Regulo name. In the picture, he's wearing the Kinks shirt, if you couldn't tell. Yeah. Uh, We're pretty sure that's Regulo. But Regulo, if you want to hit us up, or if anyone out there wants to correct us on that, please do. I also love that Meg is holding a trombone, because that would be the instrument she would most want to play, I'm sure, is a trombone. Yeah. A lot of fun. A lot of fun, the trombone. Also included were pictures of Jack recording with the mari- acoustic mariachi band, which I think he did the Conquista single with. And Beck is a schlub just standing around <laughs> watching them. His hair is magnificent. He oh, looks like dead Tommy Shaw. <laughs> the ghost of Tommy Shaw. <laughs> Fear the walking Shaw. We'll cut all that out. Brings us to the next track, Affecting Cause, which is my favorite song from Icky Thump, and I love that album backwards and forwards, but Affecting Cause, it's got bile. You know, it's really vicious. It's a vicious tune. Well, but one I could it. say that viciousness was an action, and then came your reaction. <laughs> hey, if you're heading to the grave, don't blame the hearse. But you can't switch around for your own satisfaction, Paul. That closes side B, and for the CD release, that closes the first disc. The opener for the next one is Love is the Truth, which is the other kind of new one, although partially released. So it's not really there's only one unreleased song on there. But as far as I was concerned, I had never seen that Coke ad. And I think this song is fantastic. Yeah, let's play a little bit of the original Coca-Cola ad, actually. One thing you'll learn, you can bet, is that love is as good as it gets, and you'll get more if you give it. You can say that love's not really there, 
And pretend that you don't really care But you'll do better to live it It's the right thing to do As you can hear, that the original version also very, very good. Uh, I love the video. The video contributes a lot to my enjoyment of the song, too, I think. The video should be noted, the actual commercial, only aired once. Let's hear a little bit of him talking about this on Fallon. It was written for this piece that this Japanese artist, Nagi Noda, did. Uh, it was a beautiful piece they put together for... And it was with Coca-Cola, and they asked me to write music to the to the piece that she had made. And I thought it was sort of a moment that could reach maybe a huge audience across the world. But Coca-Cola ended up not liking the commercial, and they only played it one time. Fantastic! <laughs> 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 I really liked writing for her her visuals that she did. Definitely new to my ears, and a great addition to his catalog. If this acoustic album gave us nothing but City Lights and that, I think this would be totally worth it. Really, really great. Mm -hmm. Totally. That brings us to our first non-White Stripes song on the album. How you gonna top yourself? The Raconteurs make their debut on the album with Top Yourself, which is the bluegrass version, which we have heard before, but I appreciated he included this mix into this, which was from the 7-inch single, Top Yourself? Yeah, and this is a song he's been kind of digging on the past couple years, even with the Lazaretto tour. He's been playing a bluegrass arrangement with his current Lazaretto band. What he does on tour is he uses this song to introduce the band, where he goes around and says, how are you going to type yourself, and then calls out the person, and then they do their thing. All right, well, that brings us to the other somewhat new-ish thing on this album, which is Carolina Drama, different mix. It's not any new take or anything, so that's kind of my one Paul Beefs with this, is it's it's just the song without the drums and some of the other stuff on it. So, but it's interesting to hear that kind of different mix of the tune. Yeah, to me it sounds totally different, so it's a fresh version of it and i really enjoy this song a lot from consolers of the lonely i don't know it sounds just as grand and just as wonderful as i remembered it it was one of the two that he released on youtube before the album came out i guess one could call them singles it's cool you know i like it i'm happy he put it on here uh, don't so let me interrupt you <laughs> well that brings us to our blunderbuss extravaganza starting with love interruption very expected. I am not shocked he put this one on there. It's a great song. It's the song he chose to introduce us to his solo career with. Mm -hmm. That yeah. first video. I don't know if you remember that very first video, but it was in advance of the album coming out by like a month or two. Oh yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. Great song. Not a whole lot different about it, but really cool. We get from then uh, on and on and on. I hear different things in this. I hear different kind of vocal stuff going on. It might just be because of the remastering. Yeah, I think it is, because it's just the same song. And it's a good tune. It's got a, an instrumental opener. He, he doesn't sing until it, it's about 50 seconds in or something like that, so it's cool. And then we get Machine Gun Silhouette, which was a B-side from that Blunderbuss era. I always loved the song. It's not the same without the electric guitar on it, though. So <laughs> I think I might prefer the original release to this, but I was happy he included it because it's sort of a rarity not a lot of people know. Right. If you're unfamiliar with the song, it's written by both Jack White and Rob Jones. Rob Jones being the designer for all, almost all of Jack White's stuff. He's the head up of Animal Rummy, which is his design work. He's also the co-art director of Mondo Printing, which is a really cool independent record and book and poster retailer. Oh, that's awesome, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's he's a really cool artist, and the story goes that he wrote a letter to Jack White, and Jack White just took that letter and converted it into song format. So this is about <laughs> Rob Jones walking into a place with a machine gun with a rainbow clip. Yeah, uh, <laughs> let's hear a little bit of Jack talking about that at the acoustic show from the Vault Packet. There's an artist in Texas uh, that I've been working with for a long time whose name is Rob Jones and he's done a lot of uh, artwork over the years uh, for me. A lo a long, enough time had passed that um, I hadn't really uh, given a tribute to him um, uh, except for to say thank you whenever I could. So the biggest way I could say thank you was to write a song for him and I knew that his... Um, uh, his favorite, I think his favorite album is uh, the band The Damned. Their second album called Machine Gun Etiquette. So uh, I wrote the song called Machine Gun Silhouette for him as a thank you. And these are con all the lyrics of this song are all sentences from the, the letter that he wrote to me. So that story is really awesome. And it made me actually go out and buy the album by The Damned called Machine Gun Etiquette. And if you haven't heard that album, it is actually amazing. 
So that closes side C or side three on the vinyl. And the opener on side four, the final side is a blunderbuss. Not a shocker, this song is included on there. Another good one from that era. Yeah, he's proud of this song. It's a good tune. Like a lullaby almost, kind of nice. Next one, Hippopotamus Poor Boy. An alternate mix, which is neat. I mean, I wish all of them were alternate mixes, but I'm happy we got an alternate mix on this one. It's really cool to hear. You can hear different vocals on it. There there almost seems to be a track of him harmonizing with himself on here, but it's like a little off when you listen to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Pretty cool, actually, and one of my favorite songs from Blunderbuss. Yeah, a long way away from not including any overdubs on his songs. Followed by I Guess I Should Go to Sleep, another one that is an alternate mix, which I'm very happy about. This one has a weird intro. The piano is completely different. Yeah, the band on this one is actually Pokey LaForge and his band. Yeah. He appears on this. Kind of neat. Another lullaby-like song. And I was really happy to hear the alternate version. When you listen to this one, this one is a drastic difference. I think, for myself, the back half of this album has a little more to offer than the front half in terms of new stuff to listen to, so I thought I think that's pretty cool. Followed by the first Lazaretto edition to the album, Just One Drink, the acoustic mix, which we did hear. We heard the whole thing, but it was just the intro to the song. The vinyl had the double-grooved intro for the either the acoustic or the electric mix depending on how you place the needle down, yeah. Right. Which is cool, and I was really happy to get that full thing here. Again, this is the kind of stuff I was hoping for from the first half of this album. Mm -hmm. It's awesome to have this in its entirety. It's something nice to have with this song. I was really hoping Jack would include this song as a single with just the acoustic mix on CD, because all we got on digital format was the electric mix. Brings us to Entitlement, which is not very different from how it appears on Lazaretto. We'll talk about this when we get to a Lazaretto show. It wasn't my favorite at the time. It's growing on me a little bit. Yeah, I've gained an appreciation since the album came out, and I do really enjoy this song now, but when it came out, I was not feeling it. It used to be a skip one for me, and it's not a skip one, so that's my progress on this one. Which brings us to the last song on the album, which, to me, is a skip song. Yeah, Uh, what a weird thing to include. Want and Able, which was the closer of Lazaretto, closes this one out. A weird choice. A forgettable song, but it's okay, you know? Yeah, it's not my favorite. Even on the album, I skip it and it's the last song. The only thing memorable about it to me is the... Oh, The Crows? The Crows, uh, because they're the, they're the groove track, the eternal groove. when it's an infinite loop instead of the needle returning on a record it just stays on the crows and they keep looping forever it's no crow (laughs) that's a that's a you don't watch game of thrones it's fine uh so that's the track by jack so now we're gonna get into a couple songs that we're surprised weren't included on this album and i have a few here james i don't know if you have any but we'll we'll kind of go back and forth here a little bit if you have any suggestions saint andrew the battle is in the air that's one i wanted on there uh songs i'm surprised aren't on this album and not necessarily ones i wanted but songs i'm surprised weren't included this protector yeah from blood cells the thing that closes that album and it's really that's one of the first songs where he harmonizes with Meg on a Stripe song. We talked about it on the White Blood Cell show. It's a great song. I'm surprised it's not on here. Yeah. That would be a pretty good mix to put on this one. It would have been really cool to hear Rated X on this. Oh, that was one of mine. Yeah, because Rated X is another live from the Hotel Yorba, which is, again, why I wanted the single version of Hotel Yorba on this one. I don't know. Rated X is a good tune. Nice Loretta Lynn cover and could have been a solid song to introduce to people who, who don't own the singles. I agree. I think that one fell under a separate category for me of covers, which don't exist on this thing. I get that he's sort of coupling the acoustic aspect of it with a songwriting aspect of it. So I get why covers aren't on here. I don't know. Maybe he'll do a covers collection later. My next one is Portland. Oh, nice. I would have loved to have heard a cool version of that song. Portland, of course, the single he did with Loretta Lynn on Van Leer Rose. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful song. It's a great duet with Loretta Lynn, and it would have been one that would have fit right in on this record, I think. Right. I could have just sat down with a slow gin fizz. Or a picture <laughs> of a slow gin fizz, for that matter. Yeah. Take a picture of it. That's a lot. That's Not a lot by the gin. glass. Uh-huh. Who's a big baby? <laughs> oh, no. 
<laughs> Get an acoustic mix of that up in oh. this. Listen to me, baby. Listen to me, baby. Wait, 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 wait. wait. This is the segment. Songs I'm surprised aren't on this album. <laughs> Oh, and fair. You're, you're surprised who's we'll have a wish list moment in a second james <laughs> but you're you're shocked you're telling me when you saw this you cracked the record in half over your knee when you didn't see who's a big baby <laughs> um, <laughs> we already talked about lonely but i ain't that lonely yet i'm surprised it's not here will there be enough water would have been a fine addition to this i am shocked there is not a will there be enough water on here? It's one of the few songs for the Dead Weather that sounds semi-acoustic. Yeah, even that or Impossible Winter would have been cool. Some Dead Weather would have been nice, and I'm legitimately shocked will there be enough water is not on here because it fits the bill. Temporary Ground. I love that song so much, and it would have been so cool to hear Temporary Ground on this, or even just the same song, even the studio song would have been cool to hear on this. An acoustic mix of that one or Alone in My Home would have been fantastic. Mm Mm-hmm. My next one here is Martyr for My Love for You. There's an acoustic version of this floating out there, I believe, from one of the B-sides, or the Seven Inchers, from that Icky Thump era. It's a great song, and it's mostly acoustic guitar. Would have been a great selection to fill out the Icky Thump section of this one. I might have taken out one of the Blunderbuss songs and gone with this. Yeah. It's from the You Don't Know What Love Is, You Just Do As You're Told single. But it's an acoustic mix. That's the third B-side on that. It's a great version. Which, speaking of... You don't know what love is, you just do as you're told would be a cool acoustic mix to throw in. Yeah, that would have been great too. The last one I have is another Satan edition. There's a lot of Satan on this thing, so I get why it's not on there, but I'm surprised Denial Twist didn't make its way on here. That one is mostly acoustic. It's mostly just piano and Meg, so shocked Denial Twist didn't make it on here. It was a single. It would have kind of picked up some of that Satan section because it's more fast-paced, kind of lighthearted. Speaking of Get Behind Me Satan... Little Ghost. Little Ghost, yeah. Where the Little Ghost on this album, huh? Yeah. So that's the songs we're surprised weren't on this album. And now we'll do just a quick wish list of songs we wish we had heard on this album that we're not sure if they exist or not, but would have been cool. Paul, now I'm itching to get to my favorite song, Who's a Big Baby. <laughs> Let's get now this you, on there. Now you can say Who's a Big Baby. It's me. I'm the big baby. I want this song on there. I want a good. I want a version I can listen to. More dead weather. I would have loved to have seen on here. I feel strange. Would have been cool to have an acoustic mix for that. If such a thing exists, I have no idea if it does. But it's a great song. Yeah, any of his blues tunes from Icky Thump would have been cool. Even Icky Thump, an acoustic version. <sighs> I know Jack says constantly that not all of his songs are meant to be put into acoustic format because that's not what a lot of the songs are trying to do or say with the music. Some of them just don't work like that. But it would have been cool to hear some acoustic covers. And he did a whole acoustic tour that he vaulted to his members, which is what I'm calling it from now on for the record. (laughs) Yeah. He was able to do a whole slew of tunes from the Stripes days that he didn't include on this album. So I don't know. Yeah, with bluegrass arrangements and stuff. That falls under the things I'm surprised aren't on here. I thought we would have gotten at least a selection from that. Although there isn't any live stuff on here, right? So I get it. That and the covers. Okay. But... I'm surprised. This next one falls under both surprise and wish list, I guess, a little bit of both. There's a great acoustic demo version of Fell in Love with a Girl that would have been really great to have in good quality. There's there's a bootleg sort of floating around, but it would have been great to have that because, honestly, I like that version better than the one that wound up on Blood Cells anyway, so it would have been cool to have. Totally. I know the version you're talking about. Yeah, let's play a little bit of that. And I'm most completely She's in love with the world Sometimes these opinions Get me so misleading She don't answer like you won't find Well I must be fine Cause my heart's the beating Kiss me by the riverside Well if I miss any money Don't consider it cheating Let it end with a curl Man I roll for the flavor And the eyes for peeping Keep away from the girl Till the sounds of my brain need to have a meeting Can't think of anything to do And my brain knows that love is fleeting She's looking for something new Well, I said it won't be fun But it bears repeating and, oh. 
so my next one is more of general, but really any acoustic raconteurs from Broken Boy Soldiers era. There's all those radio program things they did, the Zane renditions, that kind of stuff. Each of those songs have great sort of acoustic-y sounding versions of them that exist. I, I feel like Yellow Sun is acoustic, though. I was going to put Yellow Sun down, but I was like, ah, I don't think he sings that one. So that would have been cool. Uh, another cover I would have loved to have seen on here, Lord Send Me an Angel. Ah, uh, yeah. When he does that one live, it's fantastic. I love listening to that so much. In fact, that reminds me of, speaking of B-sides, Blackjack Davy, which would have been really badass to hear a Carolina drama kind of acoustic version. Which Yeah. Know, is that a cover? It is. By the Raggle Taggle Gypsy? The only other one I found on here that covered Blackjack Davy was Bob Dylan. So my last one on here, which we did mention earlier, was It's My Fault for Being Famous. I love that song, and I would have loved to have heard that spotlighted on here. I think I might even like it a little more than Honey, We Can't Afford to Look This Cheap. I would have really loved It's My Fault for Being Famous. Yeah, both solid tunes. Yeah. So that wraps up our wish list. All right, so we'll give this one a rating like we have the previous albums. Yeah, we pretty much like all of Jack's albums, including this one. So rating it out of 10 or 5 or whatever in a star rating system would be meaningless. So we decided to rate it out of three men. One man being we like it, two men being we love it, three men being we gotta have it. So we're giving it out of three men. Paul, do you want to go first? I give this out of the three men a... I give it a two because I do like it a lot. I'm happy we got it. I'm really excited we got it. There was things I wished it would have been, but it's not my album anyway, so it's fine. I understand why it is what it is. Two men out of three. Nice. I'm going to split this into two parts. Cue dramatic music. I'm going to give the album as a whole... One Man. Whoa, controversial. It's the greatest hits. I've heard most of this before, and even the mixes that I haven't heard are similar enough. I like having them, but I didn't need it. I am going to give City Lights and Love is the Truth three men. Yeah! Those those songs being available to me now were worth the entire album. So, you know, you can kind of balance it if you want into two, but I'm going to say for the album on the whole, One Man for those songs, three. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. So everybody, if you haven't gotten it already, you should go out and buy this album. Jack White Acoustic Recordings, 1998 to 2016. Available now in your shop now. Third Man Records now. Go buy it now. Yeah, and do we want to throw it to our third man? Yeah, let's throw it to the third man. That brings us to our third man for this week, our father, who art in Kaminsky, Mr. Wayne Kaminsky, Esquire Jr. Sr. Hello. Hi, Dad. How are you? I'm standing up. (laughs) Hello, Father, my old friend. So Dad is on, and he's going to give us a little bit of his own take on the album and some influences that he interpreted Jack had while writing some of these songs. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever we have Dad on, it's going to be a segment called Treat Me Like Your Father. So let's do that. And he's leaving the room. Dad's leaving the room. (laughs) <laughs> What's Let's he go. getting? Oh, oh God. Wait. No. Yep. Wait a minute. He's, he's holding up a drum. Ah! Getting a drum. <laughs> he shot James. <laughs> for the uh, Civil War segment. So we're, we're talking about the Jack White Acoustic Recordings 1998 to 2016. And, Dad, you gave a listen to this one. What'd you think? I thought it was pretty good. I mean, obviously, the Yodel song by the Dwarfs and some Someday My Prince. Oh, Jack, I thought you meant Snow White. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, Uh, (laughs) Oh, Meg, don't be rude. (laughs) I was preparing for that joke the whole time. (laughs) The album was good. Um, I I see where all the influences came from when he was recording it, you know, obviously with some of his heavy blues influences and things. Uh, And quite frankly, I thought a lot of the songs were reminiscent of the 60s, or at least some of the folk rock 60s songs that were done by different artists. Yeah, it's got that. It's got. He's got a lot of Dylan on him. He's a big Dylan fan, but he's also got a lot of like he. Lo- he's a Beatle fan too. Well, to give an example of what I was thinking, uh, his one song, I think it was track two, "Apple Blossom." Yeah. Um, it re- it reminded me of a mix, and I know you're gonna laugh at this, but it reminded me of a mix of Mellow Yellow and a Disney film, an animation film, 
with the song Song of the South from the, uh, from the movie Song of the South, How Do You Do? Whoa. That actually makes a lot of sense with the Song <laughs> I, of the South. If you think about because it. Because it's very Jack White. But. Well, no. I mean, if you think about the song, how do you do? How do you do? And, and then you can hear it in Jack White's uh, music. But those up is sure to come down. Bending off is a pen and found. And how do you? You hold it back. This far, that, and tit for a tat. How do you do? Fine, how are you? Hey little apple blossom, what seems to be the problem? All the ones you tell your troubles to, they don't really care for you. That same riff is coming through, very, very predominant, I think. That's not one of the racist songs, is it? Oh, it definitely is. Okay, damn it. We're on our own personal oh, splash mountain to hell right now. <laughs> yeah. What is wrong? You, I'm, I'm serious. If you listen to the song, just YouTube it. And just listen to the song, at least the first, the chorus of it. And then put on the Jack White tune. Something about that rings true just because, as James and I have talked about before, he, in those early years especially, and that wrote a lot of songs that were reminiscent of kids' songs, like lullabies. and It has nothing to do with the lyrics. I'm talking about the music. The music. Oh, okay. So the lyrics. It's in the music, man. <laughs> Dad, what else you got? Then, well, the next track, um, I'm Bound to Pack It Up. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, obviously, I'm, your, I'm Bound to Pack It Up was reminiscent of the song I'm Your Captain. And it had the same type of chord progression, and it had some of the same type of uh, lyrics in it. about Hotel Yorba because that's a place I want to stay in. <laughs> Which uh, James had playing at his wedding. Mm-hmm. He had Hotel Yorba playing. Hotel Yorba is a great song. It's actually one of my favorites because it reminded me of Credence. Nice. I mean, Credence, Clearwater Revival, uh, John Fogarty had the same t- type of guitar work. It was just perfect. Loved it. Thought it was great. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I never thought of the Credence connection. That's Yeah, that it does sound a lot like that now that I'm thinking about it. I don't know enough about Creedence Clearwater Revival to really give any comparison, unfortunately. Would you say you're a little green river in that area? I see that makes... that doesn't do it. Green River's the album, right, Dad? That is correct. Okay, good. In, In jumping down a little bit into the album, another song that I really, really liked, which really talked about... I guess Jack's relationships with the two women in his life at that time is, well, it's true that we love one another. That itself, the way the lyrics are structured, it is like a beautiful tribute in a way to Conky Alley from the Mamas and Papas. And if you listen to both the songs, it's, you know, the the chords are totally different, but 
the brakes where he has the brakes in it and just the way he shares the back and forth banter of what happened to him with Meg and oh do I love her and blah 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 just like it well it's true that we love one another I love Jack White like a little brother well Holly I love you too but there's just so much that I don't know about you Holly Golightly who's the other female on the song aside from Meg sounds a little like Mama Cass a little bit like in the vocal range at least yeah oh that's cool yeah I never thought of that with Mamas and the Papas for that song but I, I can totally hear it in the harmony oh it's, it's perfect and the song that follows which is really interesting you were talking about um, nursery rhymes and how Jack loves them uh, <laughs> uh, never far away oh yeah I think that's Three Blind Mice, but I'm not sure. It does. Yeah, I heard that. It sounds just like it. Now, see, I thought that it's one like sounded... It's like, it's like the Three Blind Mice meet Led Zeppelin. I mean, it makes sense because it's, <laughs> it's from a Cold Mountain soundtrack, which is a little folksy. It's like... Kind of like Song of the South. Yeah, well, kind of. It's a, you know, um, Three Blind Mice is a, is a folk song, and all of these songs that he's singing on that soundtrack are supposed to be, you know, folk mountain type songs. Of the South, because he was in the Confederacy, I believe, in that movie. Yes, he definitely was. Now, I thought that one sounded a little like Mother Nature's Son to me. That sounded very McCartney-ish, that song. Um, no. (laughs) (laughs) Shot down! Right. Um, Fair enough. (laughs) Three blind mice. Maybe it's the mandolin, who knows? (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, with the mandolin, it is a bit like Zeppelin from Zeppelin for this uh, Battle of Evermore. That has the mandolin in the beginning. Hmm. Definitely a lot of Zeppelin influence with him. And, you know, he piled around with Jimmy Page in that It Might Get Loud movie. And, uh, yeah, he did the Lemon song with Robert Plant on his Lazaretto tour. Nice. All right, cool. Well, what else you got, Dad? Well... There was a few other observations in uh, listening to the album. I quite enjoyed it, so this is definitely not a put-down of Jack White and what he does, specifically on this acoustic album, but I thought Forever For Her, in my view, it was very similar to what the Stones were doing back in 1977, some of their acoustic stuff. Uh, It just sounded like a Stones song where, you know, obviously he got the influence from Rolling Stones, Keith Richards, I'm sure. I've been working all night long Put my daughter on my knee I'm blue And if I knew what to do Then I'd do it But the more that I have I'll get to it And forever for her Is over for me Forever Just a word that she said That means never to be with another together And with the weight of feathers It tore into me I thought that was really good. Similar to, like, White Moon or As Ugly As I Seem, they all had that very nice, similar guitar work. I didn't care too much for the lyrics. They are a little bit more on the repetitious side. I saw where he was going with it, but it just... To me, they were throwaway lyrics with a real nice tune. It's funny you say that, because honestly, I think it's some of his better written lyrics. It's all metaphor stuff. I think it's one of his more interestingly worded songs. No. I mean, it... (laughs) (laughs) I love this segment so much. (laughs) Oh, boy. Another nice tune that I thought had great music in it was, uh, I think it was called City Lights. Oh, yeah, the new song on the album. That was uh, unreleased. Right. It reminded me a bit of like a sitar with an acoustic. Yeah. I could see that, yeah. Very Eastern. You could picture him, like, sitting on the ground, cross-legged, <laughs> playing that on an acoustic guitar, or, like, in an Indian restaurant, even. Like, yeah, it's got... He doesn't have to be cross-legged. Oh, boy. All right, what else you got, Pop? Well, the last tune on the uh, first CD... 
is uh, affecting cause. I really don't have too much to say about it, although it seemed rather raw and honest. Good, good rock and roll type of thing. Straight out of the 50s, good influence, good lyric. Uh, I thought it was very good. That's my review. <laughs> That's a pretty spot-on review. I agree with it. Yeah, I love that song. It's great. Oh, then I'll change my mind. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and now, did and I didn't. I didn't cover the first track, which I thought was um, very, very bluesy. Sugar uh, never tasted so good. Yeah. Yeah. Never did. Well, thank you, Dad, for being our third man for this week. That was really painful for James and really wonderful for me. So I appreciate you coming by. Oh, no, I had fun. Thank you very much. We all had fun. We all did the dishwasher. <laughs> no, it was good. To be honest with you, it's an album that I would put on again, and I would listen oh, cool. to at least a couple of times. Nice. There's a lot of records out there that you don't, and this is one that, you know, me and my age group, I think, is worth to listen a couple of times. I personally listened to that first CD three times because I liked it. I thought it was good. I like acoustic. Sometimes it got so much of it, you know, it's better to have it as an album than as a CD because as an album you could at least enjoy the first six songs or whatever without getting overwhelmed with acoustic stuff. But it's not any fault of, say, the record company or Jack White or anything. That's just the way things are put out nowadays. But, you know, I, I totally enjoyed it. Nice. Nice. That's high praise from yeah, our father. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you, Dad, and now back to the show. So that actually brings us to our Stop Breaking Down segment. Stop Breaking Down. Stop Breaking Down. Please stop breaking down. Stop Breaking Down is the segment where we apologize for the inaccuracies from previous episodes, which we find typically by continuing to research and stuff. So we're trying, guys. We're sorry. This Stop Breaking Down refers to the first episode where I mistakenly said that St. James Infirmary Blues was retitled Dying Crapshooters Blues by Blind Willie Johnson, when in fact... Blind Willie Johnson's Dying Crapshooters Blues was a combination of St. James Infirmary Blues and a couple other songs, which kind of created its own song. So it's not technically true that he retitled the thing. And how I found this out was, in my own iTunes, I found a version of Jack doing this song, <laughs> uh, of the Dying Crapshooters Blues. So we're going to play a little bit of that right now, just to prove to you how very wrong I was. Little Jesse was a gambler, what a gang of chains. He used crooked cards and dimes. Sent him in a poster, but he had no soul. His heart was hard and cold like ice. Little Jesse was a reckless gambler, and he won a gang of change. And when the affair was hard, he left in pain. He was a cool holiday, but he left all alone. His heart had even turned to stone. The ponies came and shot my friend Jesse down. Boy, you got to die today. He said, I got crap shooters around his graveside. And these are the words that he had to say. I guess I ought to know how I want to go. Paul, that was a completely different song. How dare you? You shouldn't have. But it was a crap shoot, so you took it. <laughs> I should stop breaking down. Paul was shooting crap. Yeah. Stuff I got a bunch of brand on, baby. Woo-hoo-hoo. It'll make you lose your mind. So James, before we before we leave, I had a I had I had a little something I wanted to get to today, and and I was hoping you'd come along with me on it. Now, if you weren't going to be too rude, now give it to me. <laughs> this is our rag and bone. 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 For those of you who don't know, whenever we find something weird or bizarre in our research of Jack White, we put it in a segment called Rag and Bone, which compiles all the crazy stuff we found. So this week's Rag and Bone is, I learned the name of the vulture that appears on Jack's shoulder on the cover of Blunderbuss. James, what? do you have James, do you have any ideas as to oh, what that name might yeah. be? Uh, no, I don't. Um, I'm going to have to go out on a limb. Let's go with Priscilla. It's not Priscilla. <laughs> Cupid. 
Uh, also not Cupid. Also not if you were, I know uh, that look Cecil on the your, lion. <laughs> the actual name of the vulture on the cover of Blunderbuss is Cupcake. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, right. Would, please tell me he owns this live. Please tell me it's first of all a live vulture. Uh, <laughs> and please tell me he owns a live vulture named Cupcake. I cannot confirm that that is not taxidermied. So I couldn't tell you, but it is definitely named Cupcake. I'm going to have to say I did know Jack is a big taxidermy fan. He does name all his taxidermy animals. He even got one from, what's it called, American Pickers. He got an elephant head from them. He talks about a pig that he has that he was with him during most of the recording, and he had it named. I forget what its name was, but Meg was saying that she doesn't really care for it. She doesn't care for much for the taxidermy, but she's starting her own collection anyway. It's very funny. Just things that you don't want. I can use them. Meg can use them. And that's going to do it for us this week on the Third Men podcast. Thank you again for joining us. And please tell a friend if you know a Jack White fan out there. Uh, we're looking for people to tell us when we're wrong. So, yeah, yeah, just we want people to come on a history voyage with us. So have them set sail. And... <laughs> <laughs> Will there be enough water, though? Ah, cool, cool water. So thank you again to my fellow Third Men House band members, Sam Kubert and Tom Valenti, for the theme song, We Are the Third Men. Thank you, guys. It's amazing. We love it. <laughs> uh, thank you to our Third Man of the Week, our father and yours, Wayne Kaminsky. Thank you, Dad. What a cool cat. And a cool wind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as always check us out on twitter we're at third men cast or on facebook we're facebook.com slash the third men check out the third men.wordpress.com we'll have all our show notes up there if you want to see the some of the various photos and things we're talking about we'll have them all up on the show notes there yeah and as always check out arthur dotweiler just somebody check in on that man <laughs> see what he's doing somebody find arthur and until next time james i'll be looking for a home Oh, I'll be looking for a home. See ya. For more information or to contact the show, visit thethirdmen.wordpress.com or email at thirdmenpodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at thirdmencast on Twitter and search The Third Men on Facebook. See you next time. That look on your face told me that the next thing you were going to say is Vulci, and it's not Vulci the Vulture. All right, check back. Check back, check back. Actually, actually. Hey, my Dios.